As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, it's Wendy. And it's Jess. And you're listening to the Food Heaven Podcast. Your online resource for delicious and nutritious living. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Food Heaven Podcast with Wendy and Jess. And today we have a really exciting episode for you. We're going to be talking about how to become a dietitian. And we get this question all the time and we thought it would be perfect to talk about because this month we are participating in FENCI, which is the Food and Nutrition Conference and Expo. So each fall, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics sponsors the world's largest meeting of food and nutrition experts. And there's more than 10,000 dietitians there, also nutrition science researchers, policymakers, healthcare providers, and other leaders in the industry. So we all attend this meeting and address key issues affecting the health of all Americans. So we've gone to FENCI now. I think this is our fourth year going and we have so much fun and it's really cool to meet up with different dietitians and also different students who are studying nutrition. So we're super excited for FENCI this October. We're going to be in Chicago. So any of you Chicago peeps, make sure to let us know what we should do, see in Chicago and also what we should eat. We We've already made reservations for, I think, five restaurants that have been recommended to us. Um, So we're really excited about that. Does this sound like you? You hear about a new diet or fitness plan that seems amazing and promises to turn you into an Instagram fitspo model in just five weeks. But here's the problem. By week two, you've already started to lose steam. And by week three, you've thrown in the towel, basically feeling like, ain't nobody got time for this. We totally get it because as registered dietitians, people often come to us feeling like they're too busy, too stressed, or their schedule's just too unpredictable to actually be healthy. Now, if this seems like you at all, then we think you would be a perfect candidate for our Eight Weeks to a Healthier You program, which is an online course designed to help you transform the way you eat, make peace with food, and learn how to make healthy eating fun and sustainable. Now, if you're ready to learn more, visit the website 8weekscourse.com. That's the number 8weekscourse.com and enroll today. You can use the coupon code FOODHEAVENPODCAST to save 20% off enrollment for a limited time only. Again, visit 8weekscourse.com today and use the coupon code FOODHEAVENPODCAST at checkout. We'll see you there. All right, so a registered dietitian, which is also known as a registered dietitian nutritionist, is a food and nutrition expert, and we are people who help others make positive lifestyle changes through improving their diet and overall health. So there are a bunch of different types of RDs and different places RDs can work. So I'm going to let Wendy jump in right here and talk about some of the different you know, specialties that RDs have and where we work. Yeah, so registered dietitians, we work in a whole lot of different places, and some of the most common industries are hospitals and clinics. That's kind of like the chunk of where dietitians are, but I think since the field has grown so much, 
there's so much diversity now in the kinds of dietitians that we have and the kind of backgrounds that we have and where we're working. So there's dietitians that work in corporate, uh, dietitians that do food and nutrition related business, private practice, which, you know, we've done a little bit of as well. Um, community settings is really big now, especially with a lot of public health initiatives that are happening, um, you know, on the state and government level to get people to eat healthier. Um, there's a lot of opportunities to work in that sector as well. And then there's also universities and medical centers, also opportunities in the pharmaceutical industry. So I think we can talk about some pros and cons because we've experienced many as um, dietitians and on our road to becoming dietitians. I'll get started on that. So I would say, I mean, there's many, many, many pros. I'm just going to highlight a few of my favorites. Um... For one, nutrition has definitely become more center stage now. When I was a student, it wasn't really as much of a thing as it is now where people are just really excited um, to talk about nutrition and to talk about health. And I think it's because, you know, these chronic conditions are really taking over our community. So it's become um, something of high interest to a lot of people and organizations, which is great. Um, so that brings a lot of really great opportunities to us as dietitians because we're able to participate in, you know, really great initiatives and programs and partnerships. And this is especially useful if you have kind of like an entrepreneurial spirit and you're interested in becoming a dietitian because you can really take it anywhere you want. Like there's so many different types of creative opportunities um, for, you know, educating people about um, health and wellness. So it's really great. Also, another exciting pro is that with science, it's always changing and evolving. And so that always keeps us on our toes. Like we can never really say that we're experts in nutrition because the science is always changing. The recommendations are always changing, basically, based on like the new research that comes out. So it's nice because we're always we're always learning in this field. Um, and then I think one of the most important highlights of being a dietitian is that we get to help people in so many different ways. Um, and it, it's not, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be where you're helping patients, although that's a chunk of what we do. But you can help people in so many other ways, like on the online space or if you're helping athletes via sports nutrition or whether you're running, you know, community programs. So there's just so many levels to um you know, to it, and you can really take it where you want. It's a very um, fulfilling kind of career choice, I would say. I would say I agree with Wendy 100%. My pros are actually the exact same. The only one I would add, which I'm not sure if she said, is it's fun. <laughs> so I think that it's really exciting for people who you know, like the sciences, or maybe you don't even realize you like science, and then you learn to love it like I did. I thought I would, was more of an artsy type person and more of a creative type person, but surprisingly, once I started getting into the sciences, I thought it was super fun and also challenging. So I think that's one of the other pros of nutrition. And of course, like Wendy said, the science is always evolving. So that's 
a great thing because you get to stay kind of on the cutting edge of nutrition. And of course, you're helping so many people. Again, like kind of the same things that Wendy said. All right, so now that we talked about the pros of being a dietitian, there's always cons. We don't want to act like one career is perfect. So I'm going to let Wendy kind of go into what her top two cons are, and then I'll talk about mine. All right, so my top con is the lack of diversity. Um, it can, for someone of color, especially black, Latino, uh, people, women, because the field is mostly dominated by women, um, it can feel super isolating in these academic programs. And I just didn't feel represented. I couldn't really relate to a lot of the students and it was just really frustrating. And mind you, my program was in New York city, (laughs) um, But yeah, like a lot of people of color are disproportionately affected by chronic conditions. And it's really unfortunate because the services that they're being provided, they're not culturally sensitive, appropriate. Um, You know, a lot of times, like talking with my patients about prior experiences that they've had with dietitians, there's definitely like that barrier there when everyone who you're seeing for nutrition doesn't really look like you or they, and not just that, but they don't make an effort to understand your culture and as it relates to your eating habits so yeah that was a huge con but it's changing so so much because I mean when we were students like oh my god it was like a desert out here and we have so many students of color that hit us up that are in nutrition and you know and it's just so nice to to see that you know the field is changing and even when we go to fancy I feel like each year we see um, more diversity in fancy and it's always great to connect with um, students of color that are pursuing nutrition so I think it's changing and it's not I don't think it'll be that much of a con in the near future so please if you're a person of color and you're interested in nutrition look into it because we need you out here um, and then my second con is that nutrition is super trendy, which is great. I mean, it, it has its advantage, right? Because it's like a cool topic and like people want to be healthy and they, they want to live a healthier life. So that's great. But unfortunately with that, there's a lot of misinformation because everyone is an expert, you know, especially on the internet and they're not putting out information that is scientifically backed um so we're getting like a million questions a day about you know the latest diet or the detox or the cleanse and all this stuff and it's a little overwhelming because you really have to kind of keep up address the latest information stay up to date with the science and so it's just a lot of footwork but i mean it can be seen as a con then on the other side it's nice because it really motivates you and it pushes you to stay up to date and, you know, be on your feet about how you're going to talk about all these things that are being put out there. Yes, I 100% agree with both of those cons and I have a couple of my own. So the first one is it's so much work to become an RD. I think it's necessary to have it be a lot of work (laughs) so that, you know, you feel comfortable with what you're recommending and that you get a good education and you lay that groundwork, especially if science is not 
your background. So on the one hand, it's a good thing. But on the second hand, it's like I wanted to shoot myself several times while going through the whole process of becoming an RD and also being in grad school. I always say it's like one of the hardest things I did. And I, yeah, I can still stand by that. I mean, it's one of the best things I ever did, but there was definitely those times when I just wanted to give up. So the second con is some jobs don't pay as well. And I know me and Wendy have worked at a couple of different jobs. And I know I'm definitely fortunate, especially working in California, because I think California pays better for the health sciences and for health professionals a lot better than I think the East Coast does. So I've definitely seen, you know, RDs who work in different places in the country, especially places where, yes, they may have a lower cost of living, but still the pay for RDs is really, really low. So I think that, you know, the health profession definitely needs to catch up and kind of value an RD for what it's worth and pay RDs what they're worth. So that's can be a con. Um, and then another con is I know a lot of dietitians want to do private practice, which is when, where you start your own business and you see patients kind of one-on-one, maybe in your own office, maybe virtually. I know for private practice, some RDs aren't able to reimburse for their services, depending upon where you live and what insurance it is. I know for a lot of RDs though, we can reimburse, um, but that's just a con because for a doctor, for example, like it doesn't matter where you live or what service you provide for the most part, like you're going to get reimbursed. But I know RD, it's not a given for all insurance plans. So that's a con. And the other con (laughs) is for my introverts, shout out that, you know, if you are seeing patients every day, which I love seeing patients, it's like one of my favorite things to do. And a lot of times it does get me energized, but sometimes, especially if you have a whole day full of patients back to back and you have really engaged patients and you're giving 150% to them, you can leave a little bit drained. Um, Which is why me and Wendy, at this point, we see patients only a couple days a week. And then the other half of the week, we work more on food heaven stuff and kind of our more digital platform platform and I think that's a perfect balance because seeing patients you know eight hours a day especially if you're really empathetic and you know you really feel like you're you're really trying to treat every patient as if they were your mom or your sister or your best friend then it can be it can be draining for introverts so that's another thing and one thing to consider as well is that if you're an RD it's kind of similar to being maybe a doctor or a nurse practitioner and the fact that if you have patients who are on your schedule for a day it's really hard for you to cancel last minute i know there are certain careers that are really flexible in that way so maybe in tech if you're not feeling well you could just call and say hey i'm just working from home today or whatever i'm not coming in but as an rd you can't really do that especially if you're seeing patients because you have patients who are scheduled to see you. And I know at a lot of clinics, the RD schedule is just really impacted and it's kind of booked out pretty far. At my last clinic, my schedule was booked out. I can't remember exactly, but I think it was a couple of months. (laughs) So if you don't come in one day, kind of last minute, 
then what you know there's nowhere for those patients to go so yeah so those are some cons they're not major things by any means but it's just part of the job that you know every job has the pros and the cons and we want you guys who are interested in becoming a dietitian to know that but i can say a hundred you know percent that the pros absolutely outweigh the cons and if i do it all over again i would definitely still become an rd and i highly recommend it and i absolutely agree with that this is the perfect career choice for us because we are so passionate about nutrition and it's just something that we find really exciting and fun and although it can be you know draining because you're for us at least we're constantly kind of engaging with people um a lot of times in a very profound way because it's low-key kind of like counseling it is it's nutrition counseling but you know you'd be surprised the kind of things that we talk about in a lot of these sessions like we address really heavy stuff. So, you know, although it's heavy work or it can be heavy work, it's so, so, so rewarding. Um, and so I'm just going to get into how you become a registered dietitian. And there is a long answer. I'm going to give you the short answer because I could go on forever. Like, it feels like you're never going to become a registered dietitian when you're completing, like, all of the requirements. So... The simplest way to describe the training that we do in order to become registered dietitians is that it's super intense. Um, So the Academy of Nutrition Dietetics, they require that students complete an accredited program um, as part of like a college or university um, in, you know, dietetics or nutrition. So as a nutrition student, you have to take a lot of sciences, so physiology, anatomy, chemistry, organic chemistry, biochemistry, microbiology, (laughs) and then you also do like the food and nutrition sciences. You do food service management, you do community nutrition, you do public health, you do nutrition. It's like it's it goes on and on. Um, And it's important to know that a lot of people actually come to us and they think that as part of our training, we learn about herbal remedies and aromatherapy, farming, like things like that. And for most programs, that's not the case, unfortunately. Nutrition and dietetic programs, they more so focus on the research, understanding the body and how different aspects of nutrition play a role in either promoting health or promoting disease. Um, There are really great practice groups, though, for those of you that are interested in those things. Um, And these are groups for dietitians, and they focus on things like integrative medicine. Jess and I are actually a part of this group, and we're also part of many other groups. One of them is we're part of the vegetarian practice group. We're also part of a group for nutrition entrepreneurs. So, yeah, there's so many groups that focus on a lot of really great and interesting topics that you can become a part of and kind of join that community. So once you finish your your coursework, you apply for an internship. So, you know, you might have gotten your degree in nutrition, but you still have to complete your dietetic internship. Um, a lot of us call it the DI. And it's 1,200 hours, uh, and which pretty much means that you're doing this full-time for about nine months. And it's really competitive to get into an internship program. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, and most of them are unpaid. 
So, you know, you can either apply to get a scholarship or you have to come out of pocket. And, you know, as part of the internship, you do rotation. So you do clinical, community, food service. And then there's other, you know, there's other like unique rotations that you do as well as part of the program. And yeah, you just get your feet wet and you get out there and you put what you've learned as part of your coursework into practice. So the the internship is actually very useful. It's just like long and unpaid so you might be pretty broke for those nine months and I should also mention once you complete the dietetic internship program you are eligible to apply for the exam and so it's a registered dietitian exam and so once you pass that exam you're clear you're a registered dietitian all right so one of the most common questions that we get asked is what is the difference between a registered dietitian and a nutritionist and simply put an rd registered dietitian is always a nutritionist but a nutritionist is not always an rd almost anyone can call themselves a nutritionist because the title really isn't regulated in most states Um, but only people who have completed the coursework and the internship and the rd exam that we mentioned can call themselves registered dietitians so we always recommend that people work with a registered dietitian just because you know that they have completed an extensive background in nutrition and for anyone who is looking to work with a dietitian there's a great website called eatright.org where you can find a nutrition professional in your area and you can contact them to see if they are taking new patients to work with And so just to talk about kind of what me and Wendy do, we both kind of have two jobs. I'll start with myself. So I work 50%, which is also like half time, seeing patients in a primary care clinic. So I mostly do one-on-one counseling, but I also do outreach. So I would say 90% or actually no, 80% of my job is one-on-one counseling where I see patients who the doctors have referred to me and counsel them on different things like maybe preventing diabetes or overall healthy eating or eating disorders, intuitive eating. I also see a lot of GI disorders now. And the 20% of my job, which is more outreach, is different things that I do to a larger population. So maybe it is different nutrition presentations or leading groups or even doing some multimedia outreach type things like you know recording presentations online so people can view view them if they don't have time to actually come into the clinic so that's kind of what i do for you know my job when i see patients and then the other 50 percent of my time is working on food heaven so basically i focus more on kind of our courses and our marketing and our email list and kind of organizing really anything that has to do with making a profit or making, you know, having a revenue. So that's kind of what I really like to focus on is like the business aspect of Food Heaven. And um, I do that about two to three days per week. And I think it's a perfect balance because I get to use my creative brain a lot on the Food Heaven work. And then I get to use my science brain a lot with you know seeing my patients one-on-one and being able to connect with people which is when you mentioned earlier a lot of times it's not 
nutrition. It's more therapy, <laughs> which is great um, because we like to make it a safe space for people to really connect with themselves and really, you know, realize what some of the root issues are. And a lot of times it's not even about the food. So that's kind of what I do on a daily basis. And now Wendy's going to talk about what she does on a daily basis. Well, what I do is pretty similar. <laughs> um, I do... Um, nutrition counseling for three days a week Um, and then the other two to three days I'm doing food heaven Um, so yeah I counsel children all age groups adults pregnant women elders um, pretty much everyone um, with a strong emphasis on people that have chronic conditions like diabetes prediabetes um, hypertension um, HIV all different types of conditions. And I also facilitate groups. So I'll, you know, I'll do like an HIV support group, a diabetes support group. Um, I recently started a plant-based nutrition group. So it's really nice because um, where I work, I have um, a lot of flexibility in terms of implementing whatever programs I think are appropriate and effective for the patient. So it's really fun. Um, Yeah, and then the other days I'm working on Food Heaven, my focus is more so on developing content. So I develop the recipes for the website and I shoot them and, you know, just responding to emails and, um, you know, connecting with different brands and creating different partnerships with brands that align with our brand so yeah I mean that's like an overview but it literally I mean we do so many different things on the day-to-day and it's never like the same day every day because different opportunities are always coming our way in like the clinic and also for food heaven so yeah always changing always exciting yes which is why we love it Thanks for listening. (laughs) Um, All right. So that basically sums up our Fancy podcast, which is on how to become a dietitian. And we are going to leave some really great resources within this post. So make sure to go to our website and search for the Fancy podcast because we will include everything you need to know about the RD exam and how to review for that and how to find an accredited program in nutrition and more about what some of our friends do who are also dietitians. There are different roles and inspiration from them and then some stats about RDs. So make sure to visit our website to get all of that. And again, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. If you know anyone who might be interested in becoming a dietitian or who is a dietitian, make sure to forward this podcast to them. And if you enjoyed what we had to say, make sure to like our podcast and rate it and review it on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast. All right, everyone, we will catch you next time. Thanks again so much for listening. Bye. Bye.